It's time to light the lamp. Talking Hockey with WDAE's Jay Retcher. This is Light the Lamp on Lightning Power Play. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Light the Lamp. Jay Retcher here with you. Missed you guys, man. It's been a couple of weeks here. Uh, obviously, the holiday break, so we had a... Uh, you know, a bunch of programs, a bunch of replays here on Lightning Power Play, and I was up in New York visiting my family there. And uh, yeah, last week I got home so late, and I actually had the back Outback Bowl too, so wasn't able to get a show done last week. But I'm here, and I'm back, and I'm ready to go and ready to talk some Lightning hockey. And of course, not just Lightning hockey here on Light the Lamp. We take a trip around the league and talk uh, about a little bit of everything. So. You guys know, second and third segments, we'll do our on-the-shelf segment, who's banged up around the NHL. Hockey is so cool. Some really good stories uh, that I was looking at and I really wanted to share with you. And then we'll finish off like we always do. Who's hot? Who's not? How's your fantasy hockey team doing out there? I'm playing my brother. Or actually, I just played my brother. Uh, and he went my butt again. He is the fantasy goat. That's his <laughs> team name. And uh, yeah, I want to kind of drop kick. Kim now, but uh, I can't do that because he's my little brother. And uh, he beat me in the finals for fantasy football, and then he just kicked my butt last week in fantasy hockey. I'm trying here, folks. I'm trying. My friends all give me grief about it. You're the one in sports, and your brother's just a 25-year-old kid, and yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy when it comes to fantasy trash talk in my uh, neck of the woods, for sure. My brother, he's got too much time on his hands. That's what I say. Uh, but yeah, kudos to him. But yeah, my team's still doing pretty well, uh, even though we lost last week. How has your team been doing? I always want to hear from you. Hit me up on any form of social media. It doesn't matter if it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Jay Retcher. And uh, when we do who's hot, who's not in that last segment, I hope your guys are on the who's hot list and not on the who's not list. I know some people hit me up on Twitter asking me about uh, DFS and pickups. I, I started doing a new kind of thing called Crew, K-R-O-O. Uh, not a sponsor. Sponsor free here. Just something that I, I started doing. It's kind of like a daily, I don't want to say fancy. It's like a daily betting thing, but it's free. Uh, so it's pretty cool. So check it out if you want. Um, K-R-O-O Crew. Again, not sponsoring it, but it's just something I started doing. It's got a lot of hockey stuff on there, too. So maybe something you guys want to keep an eye out on. Something else that I'm going to start doing here soon is called Breakfast with the Bolts. You're going to be able to hear it every Saturday morning. I believe it's Saturday morning over on 95.3 WDAE and AM620 where I sit down with a couple of Lightning players and kind of pick their brain a little bit about things that aren't like the X's and O's and questions that they hear on an everyday basis, whether it be after morning skate or before or after games. Um, so what I'm going to do for you guys is I'm going to play those, uh, you know, partial of those interviews uh, here on the show with you guys. So you can get a glimpse of it or hear it, hear a glimpse, hear a sound, hear a, a snapshot. What's the audio version of catch a glimpse? It's got to be something kind of hear hear a little sound bite. There's got to be a better way to say that. Uh, <laughs> if I'm forgetting the easy thing, just hit me up at Jay Ridger and let me know. But yeah, this week I talked to Alex Klorn and Kevin Shattenkirk. So I want to play those interviews for you guys here on Lightning Power Play because, uh, yeah, you know, you guys are special and you guys are the reason that, you know, you're the best fan base in all sports. The best organization in sports is the Tampa Bay Lightning. The big, re big reason why is because of the fans out there. So if you don't want to wait till Saturday for breakfast with the Bolts, have no fear. You can hear it right here on Lightning Power Play. I'm going to play it for you guys here in a minute. Great stuff here on Lightning Power Play. Of course, you guys know Eric Erlinson for Lightning Lunch and all the stuff that he does uh, with Greg Linelli for the pre and the post game. Those guys do a fantastic job there. And the ladies over at Game Misconduct, I know they're branching out and getting some new guests 
on their show. So let's get to it. Let's get to the guest this week. And let's start off with the uh, guy I sat down with. I'm pretty familiar with Kevin Shattenkirk. And you know what? This guy, I tell you what, when he joined the Tampa Bay Lightning, I thought it was a perfect fit. And I think it's gone even better than everybody has uh, everybody thought. I mean, you thought he would be a good addition to the decor. And I just think off the ice, it's been just as important as on the ice. You lose so many leaders with Strawman and Girardi and Callahan. I don't know if you'll ever replace that kind of leadership. But when you have a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk to go along uh, with a fellow like Patrick Maroon, I think that helps ease the pain a little bit. So a really good talk with Kevin Shattenkirk. Enjoy. Us and uh, I gotta ask you first because you're from same neck of the woods. A lot of my family members, my uncle Wally, my godfather, he's one of those guys that he will walk up to anybody and talk to them about anybody. And you're like, do you know that guy? He goes, no, I never met him before in my life. Do you have somebody in your family like that that'll just talk to anybody? They could run for mayor of New York. I think I have a few. Actually. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. I There's think, probably more than one. Uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's uh, it's kind of the New York uh, mm-hmm. thing, but um, you know. The other side of it, too, is some New Yorkers are pretty standoffish. So yeah, you gotta yeah. be careful with who you talk to. That's very true. Now, you're a guy that you know, likes a little fashion. You know, I saw the uh, the Christmas suits that you guys are rocking. Uh, a, who is the most stylish guy on this team? And who is the most stylish teammate you've ever had? I think I know the answer to that second one, but yeah. I want to know the first one. Uh, you know, I think on this team, um, the guy sitting on my right over here, Victor Hedman, pulls out some pretty nice suits. So, um, Also is a good uh, soccer fan, Man yeah, U fan, so we got to love Hedy. Man U fans. I mean, you're a Man U fan, too? Yeah, I also am. So, just be but, best friends. you know, Henrik Lundqvist, obviously, uh, he brings a lot of style to, uh, to yeah. the table, but uh, it's got to be a Swedish thing, right? Yeah, it must Hedy, be. I mean, Hank. I don't know if they all have the same uh, tailor or what, same suit guy, but I might need to give them a call. I think so, man. I'm, I'm rocking this suit today, you kind of look at yourself <laughs> differently when you watch Hedy and Hank walk by. Um, Obviously, you know, as a kid growing up being a hockey fan, my buddy just made a new team on NHL 20, got all like the old players. If you had to put, uh, you know, a line together, one defenseman and three forwards, who would be on the show in Kirk line? Obviously, you're on the right team. Yeah, Leach on the left side? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm playing with my idol, Brian yeah, Leach. Um, probably putting Richter in net, too. Uh, but that's, you know, a little biased yeah, there. Yeah, of course, that's okay. Um, you know, I think Gretzky, Lemieux, um, and then uh, I was a big Kovalev fan growing up too. Really? So, um, you know, he was someone who I think at the time was doing things that we do now. And I yeah. think it's uh, it was cool to see it back then. But now when you see some guys in the league, uh, you think to yourself, you know, Kovalev kind of brought that into uh, into our game. You know, it's funny, a rink that you played at Rye Playland growing up, there was a video of Kovalev back in, I don't know, you probably remember this, back in the 90s, there was like eight pucks on the ice and he was conducting an interview, stick handling through the pucks during the interview. One, you're right. I think you talk about guys 15, 20 years ago, how would it translate, translate today? Mm-hmm. He would still be a dominant force in today's game. Definitely, sure. definitely. I mean, I got got a chance to play against him a couple of uh, couple times in my early years. And, um, again, he was still doing things, the stick handling, his hands. Uh, he's still actually in the area uh, around here? the New York oh, area. Oh, New York area, okay. Uh, so he's, uh, he's around, and hopefully I can get uh, a couple tips from him. That's later. right. <laughs> I don't know, man. That snipe the other night was pretty darn good. All right, I got to ask you, if you had to go to dinner, Three people dead or alive can't be a family member. Okay. Three people dead or alive. Who are you going to dinner with? Uh, Frank Sinatra would be one. Um, geez, this is tough. Uh, I'd probably say maybe JFK. Okay. Be cool to uh, pick his brain. Um, man, I need someone alive. Uh, it's tough. Uh, I'm gonna go with. 
Chris Martin from Coldplay. I'm a big really? Coldplay fan. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring up JFK. Uh, did you see The Irishman? I just watched it, actually. What? I just watched it the other day, me and my girl. It was long. It was long, but it was... I loved it. It was great. People were crapping all over it. Awesome. I liked The Irishman. Sometimes, I think we live in an age now where everybody wants to rush through things. Yep. I mean, sometimes you just got to sit down and watch a freaking movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and uh, I have a close family friend who is uh, one of the producers on the movie, Emma oh, okay. Koskoff, so great job, Emma. Very cool. All right, last but not least, uh, big CanGM event coming up uh, for Kalorna and McDonough. Uh, you had yours. I remember the big videos with you and Anders Lee going yep. back and forth. Uh, that was uh, kind of a point of contention between me and some of my family <laughs> members. Just talk about the uh, just how much that affects, you know, you guys do a lot. Hockey fights, games are such a huge thing when it comes to the sport, but when you do something like Can Jam and you can get some of the fans involved, just talk about the impact that has. Oh, it's huge. I think, uh, you, you know, the thing we realized as players and, and when I was doing, you know, my, uh, my event was that um, when you were holding the event and you got a chance to talk to everyone who participated, you realize how many people are affected by it, whether it's them or whether it's a friend or a family member. And, um, you know, everyone has their story and they want to share it and talk about it and obviously uh, raise a bunch of money to help, you know, end it. And I think that's uh, that's what really touches you when you get the chance to, uh, to talk to other people and, and realize that you're pushing for the same goal. Kevin Shattenkirk, Lightning defenseman, always, always one of the best guys to talk to you, Shatty. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. Good stuff there with uh, Shatty Deuces. Make sure you follow him, Shat Deuces. He's all over Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, just a really, really down-to-earth good guy. I feel like he's a guy that I grew up with. And he, you know, a lot of people ask us, you know, out and you know, we see him out and puck, like, what are these athletes like? You know, when when you talk to him, and, you know, outside of the scrums and Shattenkirk's, he's one of the best guys, man. He really is. He's the guy where, you know, when they're walking out of the building, if you're not looking, like, he'll tap in the shoulder. All right, Jay, have a good night. Like, such a good dude. He reminds me of Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop was very, very similar to that, where they'd always look you in the eyes. They'd always, you know, answer your questions. They understand that, you know, talking to the media is part of the whole deal. So, you know, it's good stuff. Not everybody's like that. I understand not everybody's outgoing, but... He's just, it's a real blessing to have a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk here. And, you know, if the Lightning do end up, you know, achieving the ultimate goal and hoisting the Stanley Cup at the end of the year, you look back at the acquisition of Kevin Shattenkirk, and I think that's a big reason why they'll be doing so. All right, let's go to the other conversation now. Alex Kalorn, he's a little more stoic, but just talking to Killer just this week, I feel like he's come out of his shell a little bit more. And hey, this is a guy, his leadership is really apparent on the squad this year, and he's taken his game to the next level. And you can just tell, he's just more comfortable in his own skin, and he's a key member of this Tampa Bay Lightning team. And people ask, why has he gotten better? And I think it's two reasons. One, I think playing with Anthony Sorelli is a, you know, a guy that's that tireless effort, and just that, you know, I don't want to give Sorelli all the uh, credit. It's that chemistry between the two of them. I don't know if it's the numbers, 71 and 17, but those guys work so well together, and they always push each other to keep, pushing, you know, for lack of a better term. And then I think with the style of play with the Tampa Bay Lightning of making sure that, you know, you're more decisive with the puck, not turning the puck over as much. I know you still see some turnovers, but when you look at more of a grinder type style, I think Kalorin, kind of fits in with him. He can do a little bit of everything. He can skate, you know, he can play that speed game. He can work down low and do the four check. I, I just think this is this is the best Alex Kalorin we've seen, and if he keeps playing like this, man, uh, we're in for a treat as the rest of the year goes. All right, let's get to the interview when I sat down with Killer. Killer, uh, you're a guy, why don't you get right to it? I love your sense of humor. Dry, deadpan, you see some of the videos online that Gabe takes and you're just got the, you have the stare down. So I think you're, you have a unique sense of comedy. When you're talking about comedy, who's your favorite like comedian or 
comedy TV show or movie? What, what's like Alex Kalorn? What's your big thing? I mean, growing up, it was Step Brothers. Uh, that, I mean, is that the most quotable movie of all time? Yeah, I think it's quotable. It is. It's either that one or, or Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. I mean, some of the younger guys have, like on our team don't really, they, they know about it, but it wasn't as big as it was for guys like me. I think that's still like one of the funniest movies I'm with um, you. ever made. But uh, I don't know, comedians like, I like uh, like Dave Chappelle is pretty funny. Chris D'Elia, I've been listening to his podcast. Like, yeah, he's great. I think his podcast is almost better than his like stand up stuff. I'm with you. But uh, yeah, he's great. Him getting roasted during the. Did you see the Bieber roast? Yeah, yeah. He got. He was like yeah. the only reason why people know you up here is because Justin Bieber's yeah, exactly. favorite comedian, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, yeah. I actually got to meet him this summer. Nice. Did you see the uh, Netflix special? I haven't seen it yet. you got to see it. I mean, a lot of times when you do a documentary like that, you only see, like, the best of the best. Yeah, I he, saw the documentary. Oh, it is. It's real. Like, yeah. he shows all the bad things and yeah. all the things with the Golden Globes and, you know, getting caught and all that. It's, watch it, trust me. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, when you're going out, kind of doing, like, some research. Obviously, I've been here for five years, so I've seen a lot of your games. But looking back, the one goal that always sticks out was... Game one of the Stanley Cup final yeah. against the Blackhawks. And I still, um, you know, I grew up playing hockey. I'm trying to figure out how the heck you did that. Is that the best goal, the sickest goal you've yeah. ever scored? Stammer's got the one-timer on the yeah. side. Cooch has got the, you know, the whoop de doo kind of thing. Was yeah. that the best goal you think you've ever scored? Yeah. Sickest? It, for, it, I think it was the best goal I've ever scored just because, um, like, situations like that don't oh, happen yeah. a lot in the mm-hmm. game. And for the puck to come the way it came, yeah, by far the best goal uh, I've ever scored. You're a big concert guy. I, you go and when you go out on the town or even here, like when people come and you're there, what's the best concert? And now that's a lot because you've been that's to some lot. big ones. Best concert you've been to? Man, there's a lot. I, I think like I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert and it was unreal. Did you think that? Like going? No, I mean, obviously I mean, you think. I'm not a, I was. I'm, I'm a. I'm a fan. I'm not a huge. It seems fan. the older generation like yeah. the boss. The boss, of course. But yeah. when you go, it's a, it, it's it just he puts on a great show. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I gotta say, Post Malone put on a good show. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you. I mean, some people have said you know certain things, but he was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's I think in life, forget about just music. The things that you don't really amp yourself up about, and yeah. you just go and then you experience. You walk yeah. away. You're like, oh my god. One thing that I saw over the weekend, and I was just up north, and it was 51 degrees at my parents' house in Long Island, so I found a way to go play 18 somehow, some way. It was free. I bundled up. Yeah. I saw you got a hole in one over the summer. Yes. That was your first, first one. First hole in one. When you walk up to the hole to pick the ball up, what is that feeling like? No, it was it was great. It was it was kind of a short par three, so that's okay. It's the t- no, no. But the, the older you get, the longer that par three. Yeah, gets. it was one eighty nine. It was just cool because it went past the hole and it spun back. So we were watching it track, and we were kind of like everyone was like, "This has this has a chance," and that's happened in a lot oh, of yeah. foursomes and it never goes in. But walking up, uh, I was playing with Phil Pula, and he actually filmed it, so I have it on film with me picking the ball out. It was cool. That's the different thing. Sometimes you can't see the par three, so when you walk up, yeah. you're like, I can't find my ball, but I know it was yeah. a good shot. Like I knew it was in. I, over, last summer I was playing, and you see these guys next to us, and they're high five, and you're like, dude, calm down, just yeah, golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, we just got a hole in one. And it changes the demeanor for everybody around you because it's almost like a it's a team thing. Like, you want to see somebody yeah, get a hole in sure. one. Yeah, for sure. They're excited, yeah. All right, last thing before I let you go, big Can GM event. Uh, I'll be involved. I'll be there for sure coming up on uh, Friday, February 7th. Just talk about that, you know, getting together with Mac and doing that kind of thing. It's a great 
cause. Yeah, I know. Me and Mac uh, decided, you know, we've been here for a while. We Hopefully we'll be here for, for a lot longer. And um, great cause. Uh, all, the, all the profits are going to go to the Moffitt Cancer Center. And we'll be playing Can Jam, which, you know, some people don't know what it is, but it's basically playing Frisbee with a teammate. And uh, you get certain points for your teammates swatting the Frisbee into, like, this garbage can. One hand or two hands? Um, I'm a one-hand guy. Don't be yeah. playing with the two hands. We'll it's do. amazing how many people don't know about can jam. I was up north. Everyone kind of knows. That's about what, it. I think that's what it is. And you know, some people you'll see them standing over with two hands. I'm a one-man. You got to one-hand can jam. A lot of guys, you know, Shattenkirk was telling me you got to do one hand. I think all the the can jam purists. That's what they <laughs> believe. So um, I don't think we'll be deducting points from people for two hands. But yeah. Should be some good stuff there. I know I'll be there. Alex, of course, will be there. McDonough and a bunch of the guys on the team will be there as well. I yeah, guess. everyone's going to be there. So uh, it'll be fun. You know, you have a chance uh, when you register. You're going to be, you know, two people register on a team. And you'll get a chance to play with one of the Lightning players. Should be good stuff there. Alex Gorn, winger for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Big thank you to Alex Gorn for joining us on the show. And it should be a great event. And we're still kind of in the phase of... You know, figuring out where, you know, I fit into it. And Zach Blobner and I, uh, we're hoping that we can be out there and help MC or at least help out and just be there uh, and make the event go smoothly. If you want to participate and you want to help out in any way, go to jamcancerinthecan.com. And now cancer is spelled with a K there uh, and also can. So J-A-M-K-A-N-C-E-R-I-N-T-H-E-K-A-N.com, Jam Cancer in the Can. It's the same night of the Billy Joel concert, so if it is going to be downtown, we're pretty sure it's going to be down there at Sparkman Wharf. It is going to be packed because Billy Joel is going to, is a sold-out show, and it is going to be popping down there uh, near Amelie Arena, Sparkman Wharf. That's the time you want to be there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So come on, uh, come on out. It seems like I asked Killer on the way out of the uh, studio the other day. I said, what do you think? You know, as far as the team showing up, and he said, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the majority of the team is going to be there. So if you want to catch a glimpse of Stammer and Hetty and everybody playing some Can Jam, if you've ever heard of Can Jam before, I know it's big with me and my friends. We play a lot uh, when I go home for the summer. Uh, a lot of people don't know about Can Jam, so that's another reason why you can come and check out, and it's for a great cause. I mean, uh, a lot of families deal with cancer. I'm sure everybody uh, here listening has dealt with somebody or have known somebody that has dealt with uh, this deadly disease. And if there's any way we can contribute, even if it's just our time, uh, we should do so. So come on out, jamcancerinthecan.com. I'll be out there for sure. All right, when we come back in the second segment, hockey is so cool, some great stories there. And then, of course, our on-the-shelf segment, some big injuries around the National Hockey League. We'll break them down when we return. You're listening to Light the Lamp. This is Light the Lamp. With your host, Jay Retcher, on Lightning Power Play. All right, welcome back. Jay Retcher here with you on Light the Lamp. Didn't really talk too much about, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning team. In the first segment, of course, you heard the interviews with Alex Glorn and Kevin Shattenkirk. If you missed it, it's going to be on the weekend, 95.3 WDAE. Make sure you tune in. You'll be able to hear it there. And I'm actually going to post. I took the video of that interview as well. I'm going to try to. Uh, work around and do some uh, fun stuff with that video too. So make sure you follow me on twi- uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Jay Retcher, uh, and I'll have some more information and uh, being able to share it with you. It's a, a lot of laughs, two good guys, and if you listen to the interview, uh, you sounded like they have fun, right? Yeah, of course, I had a blast as well. This Tampa Bay Lightning team is looking pretty darn good, aren't they? I tell you what, man, this is what you really want to see when you're looking at this club, and whether it's with Eric Erlinson, and if you miss it, every single 
post-game show we have on Facebook Live for 95.3 WDA. We're always going to do the home games at Emily Arena. It'll be Eric Erlinson from LightningInsider.com, and you hear him here on uh, Lightning Lunch and also with a, a bunch of different <laughs> – he's on a bunch of different shows as well here on Lightning Power Play. Double E's and I uh, always. So 95.3 WDA's Facebook. So it's Facebook.com slash 95.3 WDAE. And, uh, yeah, we're live from the bench, uh, right in between the benches like we were the other night. And, uh, yeah, we break down the game with you, and it's very interactive. We always want to hear from you guys. So make sure you tune in post-game. Uh, it's just a little quick hitter thing we do between 8 and 12 minutes. It's a, a lot of fun. But whether it's talking on there or with Bolts Breakdown with my good buddy Brian Burns from TampaBayLightning.com, we were trying to tell a lot of people that were just trying to, you know, kind of go crazy Oh my God, what's wrong with this team? They haven't fixed it. What's going on? Listen, patience. That's what you needed to have with this team. You knew that it was going to take a little while, whether it was the sting of how last season ended, whether it was, you know, kind of learning this new style of play, whether it was assimilating the new guys in there and, you know, just maybe knocking some rust off. I mean, a lot of people forget that Braden Point had not just one hip surgery, he had the double hip surgery. Take your time, relax. You can't really analyze how good this team is so early in the season. Let it go. People are freaking out. Don't freak out. Patience. Those of you that had patience, it is paying off right now. We said wait till after the Sweden trip. Then everything starts kind of getting back in the groove. Even the How about the game last weekend when you're playing Saturday night in Ottawa and Sunday in Carolina? Sunday's game, obviously harder. Carolina's a better team than Ottawa, but you're playing that game less than 24 hours later, so even if you split that two-game set right there, you're like, okay, that's fine. Got two out of four points. Not bad. That's the big goal when you're going on the road trips. Get as many points as games. What do they do? They come out and they punch Carolina right in the mouth. Jump out to that big lead. 2 nothing. Get another marker. 3 nothing. The game finishes 3-1. To me... Regardless of what happened early in the season or anything else that you may look at and kind of shake your head at, to me, I look at those two games right there, and to me, that shows that this team is headed in the right direction. Yes, there's still plenty of season left, and we'll be right here on Light the Lamp talking about it all. But I just, I, I, I'm digging how the team's playing right now. I am more of a guy that's focused on the kind of process rather than the results. And that's something that I know Julian Breezewild, Lightning Journal Manager, sat down with a bunch of media members a couple weeks ago when I was out of town. And he was mentioning it to them. And he was saying, hey, uh, you know, there was games I walked out of the arena last year and, you know, I was kind of shaking my head. I wasn't too happy, even though we won. The opposite, I feel, this year. And I'm with him. A hundred percent. You have to go through that adversity. And... I think we could all agree the way last year ended. When it, what kind of adversity did the Lightning face last year? They didn't have to deal with any really long-term injuries, no long losing streaks. It was, it was just kind of you know, <laughs> how many bad days are you going to have when you win that many games? You win over sixty games. It's not going to be that hard. It's just nature of the beast. And it's not that they were soft or that they didn't know how to. Or it was bad coaching or anything. And that just happens. Anything in life, go through your job and, and start a new job or, or do anything. And have it be smooth sailing for a while. And the first time adversity hits, after a while, let's see if you're still at your best. It's just, it's impossible. So this year, going through the adversity, losing some tough games, losing games that they probably should have won, giving up some goals right after you scored, uh, you know, the tying goal. We saw that happen a couple times already this year. I'm with it, man. I'm with it. I think this is the path that the Lightning need to be on if they're going to be successful for the long run. This isn't a short-term 
solution. This is a long-term thing that they have to do. This is, you know, they're planning on making a deep playoff run. It's Stanley Cup or bust still for me. I don't care how last year ended. This is what's still one of the most talented, if not the most talented team in the NHL. And I think even better, I think they're better than last year. I really do. I think you look at the progression that a guy like Anthony Sorelli has made. I think you look at Alex Kalorn. He's a better player last year. I think you look at Eric Chernak and Mikhail Sergachev being a year older. You add the veteran experience of Patrick Maroon and Kevin Shattenkirk. And now Vassie. And I think that's the one thing you can look at and go, all right, Vassie and Cooch. And Cooch is still putting up points. But Vassie's the one guy you look at and you go, mm, he's not playing at the Vezina-type level. Well, I'll tell you what. You look in the last week, last two weeks, that's the Andre Vasilevsky we know. That's the Vezina-type winner. You know, that's the Vezina-type guy that we all came to love in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, it's a little hint. He's, he might be in our Who's Hot list, too, uh, in segment three. So I think everything's starting to come around. And another guy that I've been really impressed with, and I said this in the post game the other night, Jan Ruta. Love saying his name, but I was a guy that, why isn't Luke Shen playing more? I like the physicality. I think he brings something to the team that maybe nobody else on the team brings with that physical presence, being able to skate with guys. Maybe I know some people are slight him for his sleight of foot, uh, for, but I don't know, man. I, I like Jan Ruda more now, watching him and kind of having that keen eye. The other night at the game, we had a couple of DAE guys there, so I was kind of focused a little more on Jan Ruda. Like, why do the coaches... Love him so much. Why is he playing so much? And, and hey, man, I, I see it. I see the way that he flows in and out of the zone. And five on five, also on the penalty kill. He doesn't, he doesn't freak out. He doesn't panic. And he's never out of position. He makes the simple play. Keep it simple, stupid. We've heard that in every aspect of life, but especially sports, right? Jan Root is a guy that does that to a T, and that's the reason why the coaching staff depends on him so much. And that, to me, is a huge key to being successful in the National Hockey League. It's not always about scoring goals. It's about being dependable. And that's what Jan Ruda is. He's dependable. So that's kind of my advice to you out there. If you, if you see something with one of your teams, whether it be the Rays, the Bucks, the Lightning, or any other team, and you're like, why is the coach making that decision? Go to a game or even you know, look back at the tape if you can or even watch the game in a different way. And don't focus on the puck so much. Focus on that one guy. I noticed that when I went to England, uh, I went to go see Manchester United play last year. It's almost coming up to a year. And Ashley Young, one of their defenders, I just, ugh, I can't, I can't, I can't with him sometimes. My brother can't stand him either. But when I went to the game, I watched him, and I said, why is this guy still playing? Why is he a captain? Why is he so revered by his teammates and the, and the, and the bosses there? And you watch how he talks to the referees, how he talks to the players on both teams, how he puts guys in the right position. And I said, ah, that makes sense. I get it now. While he may never be my favorite player, you kind of get a better idea of why the coaches put him in that situation. And that's what I did with Jan Ruda. It was very enlightening. And I kind of, you know, I tell you guys to do the same thing in all aspects of life, but especially sports. If you don't understand why a coach is doing something, try to look at it from their perspective. Put yourself in their shoes. Say, all right, I'm going to focus on the good things. What does this guy bring to the table that is positive, that's beneficial? It's a different way to look at sports, man. And I tell you what, it's a, it's a lot of fun. All right, let's take a trip around the league, our on-the-shelf segment. Let's start with that and uh, some rough news out of San Jose, according to TSN's Pierre Lebrun. Ford 
Logan Couture suffered a fractured ankle during Tuesday's game against the St. Louis Blues, one of the best players in the National Hockey League. He's officially week-to-week, expected to be sidelined for approximately six weeks. Tough blow for San Jose, almost certainly putting the final nails into their coffin when it comes to postseason contention. And we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. I mean, you make that deal for Carlson and Evander Kane. It's just like Martin, whether it's Martin Jones, and I know he hasn't played great, but it's a team game. Sometimes the backup goalie steps up. Sometimes you're able to outscore and at least make the playoffs, but it just shows you you know, how tough it is to make the playoffs in the National Hockey League. Winnipeg's Dustin Bufflin reportedly reaching the point in his rehab from ankle surgery where we'll have to test it on the ice. He's going to return at some point this season. Hasn't played quite yet. Still suspended, uh, but there's been a report in mid-December that he had been in contact with the Jets. We mentioned this on the Ron and Ian show the other day. Just think about their defense core just a couple of years ago, especially on the right side. You had Jacob Truba. You had Tyler Myers. You had Dustin Bufflin. Now they're all gone. Neil Pionk is still there, but man, what a difference a couple of years make. Uh, I thought Winnipeg was that team that was on the cusp, maybe a player or two away from being Stanley Cup contenders, but uh, man, they are a lot farther away now than just uh, how close they were just a couple of years ago. Pittsburgh, Nick Bukestad still dealing with that core muscle injury. He did take part in Wednesday's optional practice. Mike Sullivan doesn't like those time frames, though, but you never know. They're encouraged by his progress. They're still hanging on, doing the best they can uh, to kind of stay in the race in the Metro division until they can get Bukestad and then get Crosby back. Hey, I don't know. By the time I record the show, Sidney Crosby might be back. I know he's getting close. I know he was at morning skate the other day. Bukestad sideline with that core muscle injury since November 15th. One goal in just 10 games this season. Number one overall pick from the 2019 draft. Jack Hughes out of New Jersey didn't play Thursday night against the Rangers. Four straight games. He's been out. Didn't take part in Wednesday's practice either, but he, either, but he was on ice for the skate. Six goals, 16 points, and 36 games during his rookie campaign. Uh, for those people that thought that he was just going to come in and kind of take take the league over, it's going to take some time. He's a, you know, still a kid, and him more than anything, he needs that kind of maturation. He needs to get older. He's he got to put on that grown man weight. He just doesn't have it yet. But, you know, you see when he scores some of those goals that the talent is there. And it's just, you know, that wow talent that they can't, you can't teach that kind of talent that he has. So hopefully he's able to come back and be able to contribute to New Jersey. And, uh, you know, hey, new regime there uh, in, you know, with the Devils. So, no, he'll have to uh, prove something to this new coaching staff. Minnesota's Jason Zucker dealing with that broken leg. Could be practicing as soon as Friday. Depending on when you hear the show, you'll be able to find out. He's been skating on his own, progressing well. Coach Bruce Boudreaux said he's been out since December 15th following surgery to repair that right fibula. Ottawa's Nick Paul expected to miss at least two weeks after he sustained a lower body injury on Tuesday against the Caps. Uh, they were saying an ankle-slash-leg injury, trying to make a hit along the board, so he took the worst of it. Three shots and one hit over that 10-20 of ice time. Six goals and 13 points in 38 games this season. For the Ottawa player, Dallas's John Klingberg, lower body injury, has been moved to injured reserve. He suffered that lower body injury at the Winter Classic. Wasn't on the ice for practice on Monday or Tuesday. And uh, as a uh, kind of a retroactive move, Stars have called up Joel Hanley from the minors after putting Klingberg on the IR. Yeah, it's a tough injury. Some big names there when you think Kotor, Bufflin, Bukestad, Hughes, Zucker, Paul, Klingberg. Maybe not Paul as much, but still, I mean, that that's some big names there. And that's one thing that does stink about injuries. Uh, that's not enough that's being said of, uh, and that's fine. That's fine. Not a lot of people bring it up, but I hate every year when sports have to deal with injuries. It's like, man, I wish this guy was healthy. You want to see him out there. 
and especially the NHL and a guy like Sidney Crosby, whether you love him or you hate him, he's one of the best players that we've ever seen, especially here in this last generation or so. And the game is better when he's in it. Um, it's just he, the guy's magical, man. The combination with him and Malkin uh, has been a big reason why Pittsburgh, man, Pittsburgh drafted him number one overall. So remember, 20 years ago, things weren't so good in Pittsburgh. Uh, but Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are two guys that, hey, man, they, they fixed the whole thing. And that's why Pittsburgh is still in contention and still a darn good team under Coach Mike Sullivan. Time for a Hockey is So Cool segment. Taking a look at three of the best stories around the National Hockey League. One of the bad stories that we've been hearing here in the news the last couple of weeks of the Australian wildfires. It's just so crazy to think, and I know, I think it was on Wednesday, finally got some rain. Our thoughts and prayers go to everybody out there in Australia. And, man, it just you think about it, it's like the they're rescuing hundreds of thousands of people and animals and your heart just goes out to them and just try to do whatever you can to help out. And Matt Dumba, Minnesota wild defenseman has done that. He put his money where his mouth is. I, I love that defenseman. He donated 11,200 to the new South Wales rural fire service to help it fight the devastating fires in Australia's East coast. Uh, they've been ravaged by intense wildfires for almost a month and at least 25 people along with millions of animals have died. Wow, man. Millions of animals. Just think about that number is mind-blowing. I mean, I know, know there's there's so much land there in Australia, but to think not hundreds, not thousands, but millions of animals have died. <sighs> that sucks, man. That sucks. Uh, he actually did it, and it's pretty cool. And then, you know, one thing I talk about on the show a lot, I love when the kind of the sports co-mingle there. And Dumba shared his intention on Instagram to donate $100 per point scored by the Minnesota Timberwolves in their game against the Memphis Grizzlies this past Tuesday. So they scored 112, and that's why Dumba's donating 11200 to the Australia Wildfire Relief. Good on you, Matt, man. I always uh, liked his game, and he's a guy that can play forward, he can play defense, a very versatile player. And uh, just you love stuff like that, man. You really do. Everybody can help out, whether it is a you know monetary or whether it's their time or just talking about it. The more kind of more times we can kind of spread the word on these things, you never know. You never know who's you know from my mouth to somebody else's ears, and the right person hears it and they donate this thing that helps somebody could save a life. If it's the least that you can do, I think we can all contribute in some way. Peter Morazic and James Reimer, man, those guys had me dying Tuesday night. After the Hurricanes win and those storm surge celebrations last year, that was like all the rage. And I know some people didn't like them, but hey, come on. It's 2020. Let's have some fun. Sports are supposed to be fun. These are games that we all play when we were little kids. And to bring in the storm surge situation, the celebration, and there was a sumo match between both goalies, Peter Mrazek and James Reimer, after Dougie Hamilton scored the game winner at 156 of overtime. They went to the middle and they did, you know, kind of a faux sumo battle. And Mrazic quickly shoved Reimer out, claiming the victory. Uh, really, really funny stuff. If you haven't, it's up on their, um, all the on their social media at Hurricanes. And I just saw the other day that Justin Williams is back. Good for them, Mister Game Seven, their captain. I was thinking that it was going to hurt them, you know, losing that veteran presence. But you know, they've been doing pretty well. Rob Brendamore is such a darn good coach, but you know, they bring Justin Williams back. You can, you never, it's never a bad thing to have that guy in your lineup, but kudos to Carolina for keeping it together. It wasn't just his loss that I thought was going to affect them. I also thought when you lose a guy like uh, Justin Falk, who they traded in the beginning of the season, those guys have been Carolina a while, man. They're Carolina through and through. 
and you would think there would be some kind of kind of letdown. But hey, I give guys like Jordan Stahl that you know his leadership. I give the young guys like Sebastian Aho and also Svechnikov for stepping up. I give them credit, man. You need your younger guys to be able to step in and and really kind of take things to the next level. If you want to be successful, and you see teams that do it, and you see teams that don't do it. And when the teams that don't do it, that's when you're kind of mired in that mediocrity and you're not making the playoffs, nor are you getting a good enough draft pick to kind of fortify your farm system to kind of build your team back up so where you're contending for a playoff spot. And last but certainly not least, I saw this on, I believe it was Instagram. Yeah, was it Instagram? Uh, Yeah, I did see it on Instagram. Young Jamison Meyer, three years old. Now, a little backstory with Jamison Meyer. Remember his story from a couple years ago. He spent 112 days in two different hospitals at the very start of his life. He was born five weeks premature, trouble eating and flu- uh, breathing, fluid in his lungs and chest. Three years later, he's in great health. And I love when they put this on stories about kids. Lifelong Islander fan. <laughs> he's going to be four in June. Lifelong Islander fan. And he's got this little sticker book from the 2017-18 season. And the way that they captioned it on Instagram was like, this guy, he tells you his favorite teams and then the one team that he can't stand. So his mom's pointing to what team is this? What team is that? What team is that? And he's rattling them off, man. He is firing them away. My, you know, the Ducks, the Golden Knights, the Sabres, blah, blah. And they're like, who's your favorite team? And he goes, the Islanders. And he's like, who's your least favorite team? And he goes, mm-mm. He doesn't even want to say it. And then she asks him again. He goes, the Stinky Rangers. That's what you love about sports, man. The the rivalry. Some people, you know, they take it to heart. They get a little too serious about it. Uh, and people have asked me, they're like, "Do you, you know, you grew up in New York do you, and you grew up a Ranger fan? Did you hate the Islanders?" I didn't hate the Islanders, and the reason why is because my dad was a big Islander fan. That was the first team that I kind of went away from uh, Papa Bear and decided to, you know, make my own decision of who I wanted to root for. I mean, you know, you grow up and you're nine years old and. You have a guy like Mark Messier leading the way, and it's just it was hard not to root for those guys. So my dad, being an Islander fan, me and my brother were smart and we're respectful of dad. I think that's the important thing: be respectful of dad. We don't, you know, we're gonna root for the Rangers over the Islanders for sure. But hey, you know, we wouldn't mind if the Islanders win. You know, if dad's happy, we're happy. You know, it's kind of like the old adage of you know, happy wife, happy life. Uh, happy dad, so we're not all. Set. <laughs> There's got to be one for dad too. Don't be leaving out the dads. Uh, as well. So again, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, a little bit of everything. I always want to hear from you guys. You know, what's some, what are some of the stories that you've seen around the national hockey league? Uh, you want to, uh, you know, share on the show and, you know, maybe I'll talk about it the next time we have light the lamp a week from today. All right. One more segment to go here on the program with you guys. It's who's hot. Who's not for our fantasy hockey players out there. If you have any questions, hit me up and we'll talk about it. We'll be back right here on light the lamp. Let's get back to lighting the lamp with WDAE's Jay Retcher on Lightning Power Play. One more segment to go here on Light the Lamp. Jay Retcher back with you. Make sure you keep listening to Lightning Power Play all day long. Got some great shows here running throughout the day and of course if you want to hear the game you can always hear it here and that's people ask like why can't you listen to MLB games why can't you listen to NFL games you know whether it be on the iHeart app or something else it's just there's licenses man you can't do that just the way it goes you have to download whether it's the MLB app or the NFL app or what have you or watch it on some other kind of device or another under under another platform 
the lightning, boom, right here on lightning power play, whether you're out and about and you can't get by a terrestrial signal or by a, you know, a handheld radio, and I'm dating myself now, or you can't go to the game, can't watch it on TV, right here on the lightning power play app, you can hear the game. It's a pretty darn good deal. All right. Who's hot? Who's not? Let's take a look around the league. Who's been doing their thing? Who's been screwing up as of late? All right, let's get into it. Start with the who's hot list. This guy, I tell you what, this guy has been one of the best off-season acquisitions in the league and probably in the last 10 years or so when you think about it. Artemi Panarin, New York Rangers forward, three goals, 10 assists with a plus six, 21 shots on goal in his last six games. And if the Rangers somehow, some way, find their way into a playoff spot, I know it doesn't look too good. They're in a tough division. But if they find a way in there, this guy has to get most valuable player votes. He has to. He's been outstanding. And I remember last year when John Cooper, excuse me, John Tortorella in the playoffs was saying, oh, he's the top five player in the league. Now, usually guys say that about their own player, and it's because, all right, well, you you see him all the time. But it really took me aback, took me back, because I was thinking to myself, John Tortorella's not that guy. He's not one of those guys that is going to say something and not mean it. (laughs) Heck, you know that. If anything knows, you know, he does not bite his tongue. He says what's on his mind, almost to a fault. I'm the same way. He said top five player in the league, and I was like, all right, we'll see. Bro, let me tell you. I wouldn't be surprised if he is. I mean, you look at the short list. We're not going to include Crosby because he's hurt. But you got McKinnon. You got McDavid. Okay, do you say Cooch? Panarin? He's got to be in there, man. He has to be. He's a point per player, and he's probably the best defensive winger in the game. A lot of the best defensive forwards are centermen. Of, of course, you know, they have that responsibility 200 feet. They're coming back to help the defensemen. The wingers aren't really known as, you know, defensive type guys. He's incredible, man. Just watch him. Next time you see the Rangers play or Timmy Panarin, as good as advertised, if not better. Brian Rust, one of my favorite players in the National Hockey League, even though it's for one of my least favorite teams from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Four goals, six assists with a plus four, 14 penalty minutes, 18 shots on the goal in his last seven games. And Rusty's another guy. He's a guy that is has been holding the fort all year long without Sidney Crosby. And people go, oh, you know, teams suffer injuries. I get that. But when you lose a McDavid, a McKinnon, a Crosby, a Kucherov, like if you lose that caliber of player, no matter what you do, it doesn't make up for their loss. It doesn't. You're just kind of holding away, especially when you you know he's coming back. I think it's one thing when you go, all right, he's not coming back. So then you, you kind of put it out of sight, out of mind, and you just kind of hunker down and focus on the guys that you have there. But when you know that there's a prospect of him coming back, I think it's it's it takes a mental toll on you a little bit. So I think Brand, uh, Brian Rust has been huge for this Pittsburgh Penguin team this year. Kudos to him. A hat tip to him. I think he's been fantastic. Max Pacioretty, Vegas Golden Knights, three goals, four assists with a plus five, 11 penalty minutes, 29 shots on goal in his last six games. You know, when they made the move, and I was thinking to myself, I've seen Pacioretty not come up big for Montreal a bunch of times, but he fits like a glove there. And I don't know if it's playing with Paul Stastny, and I know they you know, kind of mix up the lines a little bit. Sometimes he's with them, sometimes he's not. But I just I really like his game in Vegas. There seems to really, really mesh well. Uh, good acquisition for that. I like, I know people want to see crashes. You know, we like to see negative things and, uh, you know, the rubbernecking. You like to see the car crashes, you know, the crash and burns of some of these teams and some of these trades. I like when trades work out. I like when a team bets on a guy and he rewards them. And, you know, you look at those two guys in Panarin and Pacioretty, and they've done just that. 
Zach Wierenski, I had to do a double take when I saw this one. Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman, seven goals. Yeah, that's right. Seven goals. Not saying he's not a good player, but still a goal a game. Seven goals in seven games for Zach Wierenski. Throwing assists in there, plus six and 23 shots on goal. One of the best young defensemen in the league. Uh, you look at that pairing with him and Seth Jones. I know it's a rough uh, go of it this year, especially when you do as well as you did last year. I mean, you know, you lose those guys. You lose a Panarin. And we just talked about him. Mean, you lose that guy. You lose Bobrovsky, even though uh, Merzlikens have done a, a pretty decent job. But, man, I mean, Wierenski's still plugging along, still doing uh, the best he can to put his team in a position to succeed, and that's exactly what he's doing. And I usually don't put Lightning players on, but when you have a guy that's been this good and he's been that much better than everybody else, listen, I don't know if there's anybody in the league right now that's played a minimum of six or seven games in the last two weeks and have won every game except one. So nobody's been 4-1, 5-1, 6-1, 7-1 and one in the last two weeks. Not even that close. Vassy 5-0 and in his last five games in the last two weeks. Only 12 goals given up in those five games on 150 shots. Getting back to that level, getting back to that Vezina-type level, and I think there's more of an onus on defense this year, so he's not going to have to make 10 bell saves every single night. Man, nobody's going to want to play Tampa, I tell you that much. The league, you know, the National Hockey League, the NHL, they, of course, they want the Lightning to be good, and, you know, they want them to, you know, just be in the mix because it's such a good market down here, and, you know, I know some people say, oh, the TV, well, the TV's pretty darn good down here, too, uh, so I don't care, you know, they probably... It's not going to be a big deal. There's still going to people be people out there like, oh, the league doesn't want the Lightning in there. I don't think they really care. But I'm talking about the rest of the teams in the league. They do not want to see the Tampa Bay Lightning catch fire, and I think that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Who's not? Oh, this guy. I had this guy in fantasy. I don't anymore, and that's luckily for me. But my gosh, he has kind of taken a turn for the worse. Carter Hart, young goaltender in Philadelphia, and I'm pretty sure he'll bounce back. But 0-4 in his last four games for the Flyers, giving up 15 goals on 88 shots. So think about it like that. Just compare him to Vassy. He's seen, let's do the quick math here, folks. He's seen 62 less shots than Vassy and given up three more goals. That's crazy. Crazy to me. Aaron Ekblad, Florida Panthers defense, and this surprised me. Zero points and a minus six with only 12 shots on goal in his last six games. Another guy. We've talked about this in the past with who's hot, who's not. There's certain defensemen in the league where they do such a they play such a big part in activating the offense. Shane Gostaspear is another guy we've talked about that in Philadelphia. Ekblad is like that with Florida. And I know you have the Barkos and the Huberdos of the world. I get that. But when you look at a guy like Ekblad, especially when those top guys aren't out there, he is a big source of offense for them. And we haven't seen that this year. And Florida's one of those teams. You know, they're good, but you know, they're kind of in the middle of the pack. I don't I wouldn't want to be a team like that. Because to me, I look at the other three teams in the Atlantic Division and I'm, and I say to myself, Am I better than Boston? Probably not. Am I better than Tampa Bay? Probably not. Am I better than Toronto? Maybe that's the closest one, but and that's where maybe the goalie comes into account there. You have a guy like Sergey Bobrovsky, and you know, he can steal you a game, or like we saw last year, he can steal you a series. Ryan Johansson, Nashville Predators goal in a minus four with eight shots on goal in his last six games. Uh, another guy, and it's it's tough to see Nashville. A quick turnaround. They get rid of Peter LaViolette, and less than a week later, they bring in former Devils coach John Hines. So hopefully Johansson uh, can kind of find, uh, I don't want to say the fountain of youth because he's still a young, young man, but hopefully find uh, another gear with John Hines on, uh, behind the bench now. Brady Kachuk, Ottawa Senators, zero points, minus eight, 18 penalty minutes, nine shots and goal in his last five games. 
Now, Brady Kachuk has the pedigree. Of course, everybody knows his dad. And everybody knows his brother. But Brady Kachuk has to be careful. He's a guy that he's a big kid. He's still young. But he tries to mix it up sometimes when there's nothing there. And I understand you want to be a spark. But this is one of the things that like Sean Avery. Remember Sean Avery? Uh, played with the Kings. Played with the Rangers. He sometimes, like, when it wasn't needed, would try to mix things up. And it's like, bro, you don't, you don't need to do that. Just play within the confines of the game. Be physical in, you know, as you're playing the game. No reason for some extracurricular stuff. That's what I see with Brady Kachuk. It's like, dude, sometimes I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, why are you doing that? You take a penalty. You put your team in a, in a position. 18 penalty minutes in those five games. They're not good penalties. No fantasy, they're good. They're not good penalties. And you're looking at it. It's like, damn, bro, you got to. He's going to have to grow up. Ottawa's obviously in a place right now where, you know, they can afford him to go through these growing pains. But, you know, if they want to play harder or, you know, if they want to be more competitive and be able to fend for a playoff spot in the next couple of years, there has to be a maturation to his game. They got the right coach, though, in my opinion. Smith behind the bench has done a fantastic job with them. That's why that two-game set for the Lightning when they went to Ottawa and then they went to Carolina, to me, was so impressive, was... That game on Saturday against Ottawa. Ottawa is, don't look at the standings. They play their ass off. I've seen them play multiple times this year, and the Lightning have seen it when they went up to Ottawa the first time. Not an easy, you know, they're not an easy team to play against. We saw it here in Tampa. Anthony DeClaire, how good was he? Looks like they're getting him back from injury as well. He deserves an all-star nod this year. He's been really good this season for Ottawa. And then last but certainly not least, we talked about Jack Hughes a little bit before, the number one overall pick from the 2019 draft, and this guy uh, was number two. Capo Caco, goal and assist with a minus three, only four shots on goal in his last six games, and he's a kid still as well, learning on the fly. David Quinn, a disciplinarian behind the bench for the New York Rangers, he's not going to let you just skate on by and be able to kind of just figure it out. You have to play the game the right way, or you will suffer with ice time. To his, uh, you know, to kind of in his defense, the last couple of games, last two games, he has played much better and he's seen his ice time increase. He was also dealing with the flu, but still, you got to play better. And I like it. I like when coaches hold their players accountable. And I know a lot of Lightning fans out there were happy that John Cooper sat Nikita Kucherov a couple of games ago. And, you know, Julian Brisebois told the local media that it wasn't just a John Cooper decision. It was an organizational decision. You got to play the game the right way. And something that we've noticed here in the last 12 months here in Tampa Bay is no matter how many 40 goal scorers you have and how many you know guys that are Norris Trophy winners or Vezina Trophy winners, you have to play the game the right way or it'll come back and bite you in the worst way. So hopefully, you know, putting last year behind us, and I and I hate to bring it up. I, I'm not a guy that ever asked the players about it. I think they don't want to hear it about it anymore. And the players will tell you, we don't talk about it unless the media asks them. And they're going to go on the road and go to places for the first time since that day and still have to answer questions. But I'm just I'm looking forward to the players, man. I can't wait so they can put last year behind them once and for all. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Jay Retcher. As always, I appreciate everybody so much for tuning in. And, uh, you know, for supporting us here on Lightning Power Play. We'll see you guys next time right here on Light the Land.